functioning. It's all downhill from here. <laughs> Episode five. <laughs> Episode five. It's all Welcome downhill back. from here. Thanks for being here internationally and nationally. Hello, right? Switzerland and Canada and, and China. China. That's it, right? Yeah, it's just so far. But like, share it for like more. I'd like to go everywhere. There's lots of other countries out there that we need to be set free and have everybody just listen. I still think we should have at some point a live recording so you can see all these hand movements I make when I talk. Yeah. Maybe <laughs> episode 25. Maybe then. We'll celebrate. <laughs> or maybe we'll have like actual lives. Yeah. That'd be fun. We just went live on Instagram. It was fun. Somebody cursed. Twice. She said a bad one too. I don't think you can prove it was me until you watch it. I was going to say, it will not be available anymore. Oh, then episode. you can't prove it was me. <laughs> you can't prove it. <sighs> yeah, episode five. Mm-hmm. Excited to be back. We are both wearing very nerdy um, apparel today. Oh, yeah. I'm wearing um, my boyfriend's Destiny hoodie. I'm wearing my own Carol Danvers jacket. Which is so nice. And I need to get one for myself now. I am prepping for Endgame. Episode five. <laughs> episode five. International. Spotify, iTunes, Simplecast. So, just saying, you don't get to international if you're not cool. So, they probably clicked on us by accident. Oh no! Also, our tags last week were lewds, so that could have had that could have to do with oh, it. Oh no! Um, fresh, however long fresh we make it. Fresh fifteen until we think of a better name. Fresh fifteen twenty five. Fresh fifteen EST. Yeah. Wait, is that established? Is it estimate and established? <laughs> I think, no, I think ESD is just established. Learn about hexagons, <laughs> octagons, and establishments today. We <laughs> fresh topics. Oh, fresh topics. Yeah, we just put fresh topics. It's so boring. It sounds like a grocery store. Mm-hmm. Let me go in. I'm just looking for a little bit of paprika and the fresh topics. <laughs> it's okay. right next to the fresh tilapia. Okay, so uh, in anime. We have, uh, My Hero Academia has announced that they are going to be releasing a second movie. What? In Japan this winter. Oh. Um, they don't know the name, like, I don't know the name of it yet. I think that is, there's just very early details of, like, oh, it's just being released in the winter. They don't even have a date. It's called Blossoming Romance. It goes into Bakugo. And? Who do you think? See, you can't ask who, me this because my ship is ship? different. Oh, boo! Who's your favorite ship? With Bakugo, it's Kirishima. Yeah, I do love Kirishima and Bakugo. Bakugo and Kirishima is like top. Well, no, they're right underneath Todoroki and Deku. That's my top My Hero ship. And then mm, Bakugo and Kirishima. I do like Deku and Todoroki. I love that. But like, I just think everybody deserves a little piece of Bakugo. We actually just purchased the first My Hero movie so we could finally watch it since we <gasps> weren't into the season yet. <clears throat> series yeah definitely so my hero movie my hero movie january japan no idea when it's coming to america nope no idea which judging by the way that they get around to like dubbing well i mean they did really well with two heroes yeah they they released that in a really good amount of time to the u.s so fingers crossed maybe we'll get like 
what is it called simulcast or something like that yeah simulcast where simulcast. They'll, it'll be released in both japan and the u.s next um neon genesis evangelion is um finally being added to netflix on june 21st in all its entirety in both english and japanese dub i never fully watched neon genesis evangelion but when i did i watched it in english i, I think i got like a little more than halfway through and then i don't know what happened I just kind of it's always off. been on my list of like the classics to watch mm-hmm. but i just haven't got around to it it's hard because like well, it's it's also hard because it's hard to find it. Like you can yeah. find it online, like, you can buy the DVDs and stuff like that. I think it's on I think it's on some streaming like anime websites, but since it is so old, it's like so hard to find it now. Well, that's like um Escaflone was so hard to mm-hmm. find for the longest time. Escaflone, I kind of hold right up there with Neon Genesis. I feel like they are I don't want to say I don't want to say the same because that's going to insult Escaflone fans and NGE fans, but I feel like they they kind of have similar elements because they came out like right around the same time and um neon genesis is like i think it's a little dark it's it definitely has like some darker animes yeah so do i nothing's darker than elf and mud oh my god what a good show that was i mean it you know good as in it didn't make me feel good (laughs) but it was good as it did make you feel that's a really good show um i had to rewatch that at some point Anyways, anyway, neon gelatin, neon neon, neon gelatin, <laughs> coming in sugar free and regular. <laughs> neon gelatin, Evan Gellion. <laughs> All right. Um. So yes, Neon Genesis Evangelion added to Netflix on, or it will be added on June twenty first. So definitely, if you're a big Neon Genesis Evangelion fan. Or if you um, like neon gelatin. Or if you like neon gelatin. In, like you said, in both regular and sugar-free, coming to a store near you, <laughs> then check it out on Netflix. Um, June 21st. Which is not for a while, but, you know. Wait, whatever. June? June, yeah. Not like April or May, <laughs> but June. Why do they keep tearing out my heart? Because then I like, I don't know if you do this, but I'm like, okay, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming. I'm so excited, I'm so excited mm-hmm. that I forget. Yeah, same. With with Fruits Basket, as soon as I found out it was getting rebooted back in, like, late January, I was like, oh my god, yay, but they said spring. They didn't put a date. They were like, spring. And I was like, okay, well, that could mean April Fifth. or May, or it could mean, like, late March. What are we thinking here? April and then, 5th. yeah, they just said April 5th, like, two days I'm ago. Like, cool, and I was like, so when I'm going to be in Poconos. The other thing to talk about, it's not, it's like anime but i guess not anime it's anime japan um which i did not know was a thing anime japan's like this big convention thingamajig that happens every year that i was not aware of and it's when all of like the biggest anime news gets released so that's where like a lot of this new like the my hero stuff wait um, why have we not gone to this because it's in japan so i mean i've never Um, been to japan so if japan wants to start listening and then invite us to um, anime japan next year we're available I will drop everything. You gotta make them like seem like we're cool about it. I will not drop everything. We might <laughs> drop things. Mayhaps drop things Mayhaps. to come to Anime Japan. But yeah, no, I just found out about it. It's like a big thing, and it's it's really big. Anime so it's like but it's packs also big... for anime. Yeah, yeah, it's like packs for anime. It's all the all the big anime news gets released. Um, also, really good cosplay comes out of Anime Japan, like. Why are it we is not intense. Here? Like, what? 
Okay, well, I, we need I'm to plan in, this. So when we go to Japan, we need to go for plan this. Plan it around Anime Japan. It just happens. So I guess it happens all the time in like March, maybe? I don't know. I'll figure it out. So we'll go to Katsu and then fly to I was going to say, Japan. that's pretty close after Katsu. Katsu. We can have the to, same, same outfits. Financially, we'll have to keep this pretty close to the belt. Invite us to your local conventions. We want to like... I don't care how big the convention is. Like, yeah. invite me and I will show up and it will be a party and it will be... Yeah. Unless it's so not fun. within the... Like, closest two hours because well, then we're yeah. gonna find a way to travel to you like if you're in california and your local con is a california con we probably can't make it to that con. unless somebody <laughs> pays for a plane, for a ticket. plane ticket and not like a hotel because yeah. ooh, it's expensive that was another tangent we are yeah. so bad but at this <laughs> we're doing good we're doing okay okay Anime so japan 2021 see you there well yeah we'll, we'll catch you there all right we're done with anime <laughs> oh there That's go. it. Let's move to video games where we have only two things to talk about. We'll Woo, talk about the smaller things. one uh, first and then we'll talk about the oh, big one. one. the smaller one? It's hysterical that I said smaller because it's the Sega Genesis Mini. Oh! Yeah, the cute little mini um, Sega Genesis that they're going to be coming out with, which is really exciting. Because, I want one. Yeah, so do I. That picture that I saw on um, IGN's Instagram is really cute. Like, Anyway, so yeah, Sega Genesis Mini. I want it. What's the first um, point? 80 bucks. Sega Genesis Mini. The Sega Genesis Mini will come with 40 classic games, including <gasps> Sonic the Hedgehog, Echo the Dolphin, and Castlevania Bloodlines. <gasps> oh, I need to get it for him. Oh, yeah. Sega Genesis Mini, y'all. $79.99. Buy it. Love it. Play it. October. And we will play it, too. Oh, in October. That, that was my next question, is when does it come out? <coughs> next know the piece copies. I'm very excited about is the Borderlands 3 trailer. Borderlands 3 trailer came out a week ago, and um, it was like two minutes of so much stuff, and Borderlands has always been known for having a wide, like huge, huge selection of guns and weapons to use so that you don't ever have like the same gun as another person does. Um, and this one- their, like, I love their trailers. The, the trailer was so funny. They had, like, all these different little tidbits, all these little, like, memes and whatnot. Um, yeah, the, the Borderlands crew is always, like, so aware of itself. Like, they're very aware of the game they're making, the audience they're making the game for. And, like, it's just, yeah, I really like Borderlands. I'm going to have to go de- um, de- defeat. I'm going to have to go beat Borderlands 2. I didn't play the Telltale Borderlands, and I didn't play... The prequel that has Jack, Handsome Jack, Jack in it. Yeah. yeah. I didn't play it. I, I watched Denny play some cosplays of, it. of Handsome Jack. Of Handsome Jack. Jack, right? Do you know once upon a time Denny wanted to cosplay Handsome Jack and then he didn't? Because, like, we were thinking of doing Borderlands and I was going to be Maya and he was going to be Handsome Jack and then he backed out and I was like... Can you imagine <laughs> we both do Maya and Handsome Jack, just two different versions? Yes. You do the short version of the long version and then we'll look up two different versions of Handsome Jack. Because I asked him last night when he showed me the trailer again, he was I was like, do you still like Handsome Jack? And he was like, yeah, I do. I need to watch this trailer. I'll watch it when we're done recording. Please. It's really, really good. Um, so yeah, obviously no release date. They literally just came out with the trailer. So no release date, no nothing else. Um, I'm sure we'll probably see a release date around June. Oh yeah. Like of when they're telling us. I'll have to beat the games before then, but. Well, it'll probably come out, I'm assuming in November. November, October. That's typically when Borderlands 2 and 1 came out, didn't it? That's typically the big release dates are between November yeah. into January. Because that's when it's holiday time. Mm-hmm. Holiday Bioware. 
That's true. So look out for that. Once the fall hits, I'm going to start paying real close attention to when Borderlands drops. Not like I'm going to be able to play it much because I'm going to be in nursing school then, so pfft, I'll have to play it, you know, when I want to break from dying. Okay, so for entertainment, the... Oh, oh, I got this. Go for it. So, entertainment. I got it. <laughs> so right now it's rumored that for the next arc in the Marvel Universe... I should need to not click the pen, <laughs> is that they're going to be branching into the Eternals. And you you said you don't know what that is, right? No, I don't. Okay, so it's, it's a species of humans that are in the comic books mm-hmm. that are an offshoot of, like, the evolution process. So not like mutants. Um, they're kind of like alien celestials. Hmm. intended the Eternals to be, like, the defenders of Earth. So, like, these beings created these kind of creatures. Mm -hmm. I think that's what it... Yeah. So, they're supposed to be the defenders of Earth. So, these they're, like, almost essentially mutants, Mm -hmm. which I knew Marvel Universe was going to go into the defenders Mm -hmm. um, of Earth that way because they didn't have the rights to the X-Men. But now they have the rights to the X-Men. Right. So, they might clash. We'll see. That's But fun. it's rumored that Angelina Jolie is going to be casted in there. Ooh. And I'm sorry, but she looks like she's going to be evil because it's Angelina Jolie. I'm about to say, she would play a good villain, so. She really would. I'm so, I'm curious to see where they're going to bring this arc next because we're finishing one of the biggest sagas right now. Right. So, we'll see what's next on that forefront. And then... Still in the Marvel Universe, they did release their international posters for Endgame, which... I like how different they look. They do look different. I think my favorite one so far is the um, China, uh, the China one. Yeah, I was going to say, that's my favorite Because that has... It has all the heroes that are still alive. Thanos in the background, but on the hill, which almost looks like a hill of ashes. Yep, it's a, it's a hill of dust. They have all of the characters we saw get snapped mm-hmm. and their shadows, which I really, I think aesthetically, this is probably my favorite it just Marvel looks, poster so far. Yeah, it's, it's very, um, it carries a lot of weight to it because it kind of, it kind of reminds you that like, this is where they're at. This is what they're dealing with. Um, the standing on the mountains of the ashes slash the dust or whatever is so impactful. <laughs> it is. And, like, I just think it's missing in some of the other posters, mm-hmm. which they still look great. Yeah. But this, to me, is the most touching. Yeah. And I also really like the prints that they did with the color versus the grayscale for the Fallen. Oh, I forgot about those. Yeah, those are, like, even more impactful. Because I, I saw, when I first saw them on uh, Facebook, I saw them in a set. And it was all of the colored posters first. Yeah. So I wasn't expecting the grayscale ones. And then when they when the first one came up, I was like, oh, no. And I just kept scrolling and it just kept getting worse. <laughs> and I was like, no. And I'm really enjoying that it's been like a cosplay challenge right now mm-hmm. to do them. And um, once girl gets her suit tomorrow, I will be doing it. And it's also become a pretty big meme, too, now. There's a bunch of memes that I've seen come up from these poster styles. <laughs> yeah, I really enjoy it. It's I really, awesome. I really love to see the cosplay interp- interpretations mm-hmm. of 
what comes out in the cinema, which is nice. It's fun because it's like you're you're so into these fandoms, and especially with like the hype around Endgame, is that you know you, you just don't know what's coming, you don't know what's gonna happen, you don't know where they're gonna go from here. So like as a fan, when they release any little bit like that gets you hyped all over again you kind of take it and you're like i gotta do something with it like i gotta do i gotta do something i gotta cosplay or i gotta like make a photo set or i gotta like do this or i gotta do that and it's like our way of just kind of keeping ourselves connected to that fandom and and connected to that like hype around the entire thing because we're we're all just so friggin' excited and you better believe we will be at endgame in cosplay yeah buddy like it's happening now i found now i know where my captain america stuff is so i'm definitely doing that it is on the stairs. <laughs> and then the last little piece of entertainment news is we did have a awaited return of OA on mm-hmm. Netflix, which if you haven't seen it, series one, I don't think there's another show like it. It's centered around this girl and you don't know, is she an alien? Is she a time traveler? What's occurring? Mm-hmm. And it's very moving each episode it's kind of like what the heck did i just watch Mm -hmm. and i didn't it took me about two episodes to really get into it but it's it's just crazy it's crazy to watch and i'm really excited because i also heard that dark season two should be i think wrapping up soon so it should be returning this year Mm -hmm. have you seen dark no what is that so if you like stranger things which, Which I know I do. you do. <laughs> Dark is a Netflix original. It's a German show mm-hmm. where a boy goes missing and it has to deal also with time travel. Ooh. And it's three different, the future, the past, the present. It's dark. It's very dark. The music is incredible. Mm-hmm. The cinematography is ridiculous. And mm-hmm. the acting it's probably one of the most stunning shows I have ever seen in my life. It's on Netflix? It's on Netflix. I watched it in German with subtitles because I have a thing where if it's a live action, I have to yeah. have the mouth move with the dialogue. Same. But the people who recommended me the show, they watched it in English and they really enjoyed it in English. Oh, I'll have to mess, mess around and see which version I like more. But I'm, I'm kind of the same way when it's live action if... If the words don't match the mouth, then I'm like, uh, it yeah. just throws me all off. Like, I have to have it match up, so. Yeah, and and that's the only hard part, too, in general about Netflix, is that I feel like I get so excited when they series dump a show, but then I watch it all, and now I have to wait, like, year and a half. <laughs> exactly. Dark was over a year and a half ago, so mm. I'm excited. Let's see what's next. Pace yourself. <laughs> but uh, that's uh, it for entertainment, that's finally, after uh, 52 minutes. Fresh 52. Fresh 52. <laughs> it's fine. It's, we can make it a whole episode just on the yeah. Fresh 52. So, EST. Our, e, oh, my God. <laughs> established. Estimated. As, oh, yeah, that's right. That is esti- No. I thought we said EST was we established. Don't we don't know. That's why it's... Oh, so that's fun. Choose your own EST. <laughs> Maybe that'll be our tagline, EST. <laughs> choose your own EST. Choose your own EST. Okay, People well, are probably looking at our taglines like, what the... You're like, what do these mean? <laughs> I want you have to, to listen to find I, out. I want somebody to ask us, like, what do these mean? So we can explain it and be like, if you listen to each of our episodes, you will find our tagline somewhere in there. <laughs> um, Like, are you calling your fan base hot? Like, what's happening? Sis. <laughs> that was one of my favorite ones with Sticker sis. Stickers. <laughs> 
Okay, so now that we've got all of our um, fun out of the way, I feel like I'm, I'm I feel like I'm always like the bringer of bad news when I bring up the main topics because we have like so much fun with the Fresh Fifteen, and then the main topic drops and it's like it's like heavy. Welcome to Christina's segment, the joy killer, the joy killer, the fun sucker. No, but. I really think these topics are impactful and mm-hmm. I think they're important to talk about and sometimes we can't talk about fun things. No. We got to be real. That's why we made the show because we have to, it's, it's gritty. No one wants to talk about this kind of stuff, but it's like, someone's got to talk about it. It might as well be us. <laughs> so what we're talking about today is Cthulhu. Is, I wish. <laughs> talking about Cthulhu would be easier than talking about Cthulhu. Cthulhu. Imagine if someone tries to break that, like, if they figure out that there's an acronym at the beginning and they try to break down Cthulhu, like, what could this acronym mean? It's like, it's actually Can the hands understand love umbrellas? <laughs> Did you really just spell Cthulhu? Wait, wait. Can the hands understand love umbrellas? Umbrella. It made sense until the umbrellas part. I don't think that's how you spell Cthulhu. Are there two H's or two T's? I hate this. Two Look what you've done to me, Maria. Look at what two you've H's. done. It Can two H's. the hands understand love having umbrellas? That makes a little bit more sense. Someone's going to message us and be like, what is this? Tell me what Cthulhu means. No. What our main topic today is, uh, we're talking about mental health. But we're talking about it specifically in uh, cosplay. Because if we just did a whole thing about mental health, we'd be here for like yeah. forever. We'll very... definitely go into the different areas of mental yeah. health because obviously it's a big deal. I need mm-hmm. to stop playing with this jacket. <laughs> it's definitely a big thing in general for multiple. That's not a word. That's also not a word. Back it up. Back it up. These Rewind. are very important topics. So yeah. they definitely have an impact in all aspects of nerd culture. Mm-hmm. But. Cosplay is where we're starting because we have a little uh, knowledge on that one. Yeah. Wait, that's not true. That's true. It is, true. but that's not how I want to say it. No, so. <laughs> we have a little. We have a little experience, I guess. Cut it out. Cut it out. Cut it all out. Anyways, also, I really hope that bag is yeah, not getting gonna... picked up by the by the microphone. Yeah, I didn't think about that till now. Whatever. So, um, Whatever, it's if you hear a bird in the background, it's not a bird. It's a plastic bag next to a beautiful open window. Which scared the crap out of us a couple times. Because <laughs> we thought it was an animal just like living in a box. And we were I like, mean, that's We insane. didn't think that. I thought it. You thought it was a bird. I did think it was a bird. I thought it was some sort of like Outside animal. the window. No, I thought it was in the house. <laughs> it's coming from inside the house. <laughs> Where would we go? <laughs> would we run back in the room with Ed? Or would we run outside? <laughs> I'd probably just go over and investigate. I'd probably hide under the table. Well... Or I, know, I don't think we could plan a D&D campaign together. Nope, I'd flee. <laughs> you could be a healer. Didn't we just say last week? That's why I brought it up. <laughs> I could see you being a sorcerer. That's probably where I'd go. I like magic. I'd see you being a like a paladin. Ooh. Because you could use, you know, your weapons mm-hmm. and you can have spells. I could see you doing that. That'd be me. I'm more of a rogue. So anyways, um, yeah. So, our main topic that we're talking about today is going to be mental health in cosplay. And I think it's really important to talk about this because 
I feel like, especially like with Katsukan, um, with the past Katsukan that we just had, there were definitely a lot of moments between the both of us where we came into roadblocks with our mental health and like it did affect certain parts of our experience at Katsukan and it did affect um just the overall way that we went about the con and like the way that we went about wearing our costumes and stuff like that and it's it's a struggle because it's I mean we deal with these issues outside of cosplay obviously but then in that environment especially Katsukan because you're there and that con is like 24 7 so there's like no stopping there's like no relaxing at a con you know like when we go to um castle point or when we go to like one of those smaller like one or two day cons you can leave at the end of the day and come back home and be like in the comforts of your home but when you're there it's just like constant bombardment of it's definitely overstimulating yeah that's the word i was looking for stimulation (laughs) when you have a like a bigger convention where you're going to which is multi-day i feel that it kind of heightens all of our mental issues that we go through yeah that we're already struggling with so we definitely wanted to share with you some things that we realized about ourselves, as well as some tips and tricks. Mm-hmm. So this way, if you maybe aren't even aware that you have maybe a condition that you don't even are aware of, or just you realize that you get stressed out a little bit more, maybe you can find this and get more understanding about yourself. Or maybe you can help out your fellow friend that you're also realizing signs about. So. Mm-hmm. Hope so you like, guys enjoy it. So, like, when we talk about mental health, you know, I, I do want to preface this by saying that, like, not everybody, not everybody that gets stressed out at a con has a mental issue. Like, you know, stress, stress is a part of your mentality. It is part of your mental health. And it does happen to everyone. Literally everyone on the planet, you know, gets stressed and gets anxious about something. Um, what I just recently learned in my nursing classes is it becomes anxiety like becomes an anxiety disorder when it becomes unbearable for you to deal with and it starts to physically affect your body in ways that are detrimental or it starts to physically impact your life in ways that are detrimental so you know everybody gets anxious everybody gets stressed out I think it's very um it's very common nowadays for people to kind of say like oh no I'm so like I have so much anxiety or I have I have an anxiety disorder I have a you know a panic disorder just because you're like a little nervous about something um you know it's really it's really important to understand that when we're talking about this mental health and cosplay I'm not excluding the people that do get stressed every now and again or you know they do get anxious every now and again I am including them as well just because the mental health part encompasses everybody who deals with stress and anxiety in some sort of way But I feel like in cosplay, it's so difficult to remember to pay attention to your mental health because you are, you know, you want to have these awesome costumes, you want to do these um, ambitious photo shoots, and you want to go to these big conventions, and you want to go to these meetups and hang out with your friends. But sometimes your mental health gets in the way, and sometimes you're just so stressed out over these costumes and these conventions that you kind of forget to take a step back and take care of yourself. So... My first um, piece of advice would, or the first point I want to talk about, is knowing and understanding your limits. So everybody has their own personal limits. You have your own personal um, boundaries. You know, uh, me, for example, I'm not a big party person. I'm not a big drinker. I'm not a big fan of being around, you know, um, that kind of environment. So I know at conventions, um, 
parties are a big thing that tend to happen and you know people have room parties or they have raids or they have you know just like get-togethers where they go and they just want to let loose and they want to have fun and there's nothing wrong with that that's just not my scene i definitely thought you said raids Oh, no, raids. And I was like, I haven't seen anybody do a raid. But, I mean, if, if that's your jam, then go raid for it. Raid away. <laughs> but I, for my own mental health, I don't partake in those things just because the con itself is, like, so stimulating and so overwhelming that if I were to put myself in that party environment, I'm pretty sure I'd have, like, a panic attack in the first 15 minutes just because I don't want to be here. But that, you know, those are my limits. And over the years, I had to learn that those are my limits and that is what I am not willing to do and what I am willing to do because if I go where I am not willing to go, it's only detrimental to me. It only hurts me. It doesn't hurt any of my friends. It doesn't hurt any of the people there. They don't care if I'm going or not. They don't care if I'm having a good time. They don't care where I am. But the one who, you know, who ends up paying for it is me because I'm going to have the panic attack. I'm going to have an asthma attack. I'm going to freak myself out and then I'm going to be drained and the whole experience goes down the drain. So if you know your limits and you know what you're comfortable with, stay within those limits. Don't push yourself to try to go where you know you don't want to go. Don't try to do things you know you don't want to do because it's it's just going to end up backfiring and, and it's going to make your whole time so unpleasant. And it's, it's definitely... Um... Not funny that you say it, but it's it's nice to hear people talk about their own limits. Like, for me, myself, when I started deciding that I really wanted to get into cosplaying more, and I started at Otakon 2018 was when I went with a lot of costumes. When I started um, really going, when my first year where I wanted to debut my kind of all-in-to-cosplay moment, because mm-hmm. before I'd gone to conventions a little bit less driven to be in the environment mm-hmm. um I went too hard and I had a not a horrible time I had a mm-hmm. great time out of the convention but I didn't spend much time at the convention because I was uncomfortable I had asthma I had a lot of panic attacks mm-hmm. I was too anxious I was uncomfortable in my own skin because I wore things I wasn't comfortable with mm-hmm. that the one day that I had the most fun was when I had one outfit one photo shoot, I felt comfortable in it, and that was fun. So me going to Katsukan, I, I prepped for that. I only planned two photo shoots a day, spread them far apart, mm-hmm. had a really great time going in the costume. For me, I love going to go dance mm-hmm. with my with my anxiety. Now, sometimes it's overwhelming when there's just, when it's too, when they're too close to me, when yeah. everybody's too close, I can't do that. But when you're in this open, like, for the Sky Lounge at Katsukam, mm-hmm. it was so much fun. Nikki and I went and... Which we're going to next year. Yeah, yes. Yeah. 100%. Now that I know what it we looks got, like, we're going. We got drink. It's a nice open space. Mm-hmm. And I just danced so much. But <laughs> it definitely is taxing because it's... Especially with Katsukan because it's... It, it never stops. Yeah. Otakon stops. Yeah. Otakon goes into its lull. You have the after hours night where it's 18 or older. And it quiets down. Katsukan goes all day. Yeah. It's exhausting. <laughs> it is. Um, and it was still, it was definitely overstimulating. But now that I know, I know I'm going to do probably one to two looks, if that. And they'll be definitely spread apart. Mm. And definitely nap 
in the middle. <laughs> I need a nap in the middle so I can go hard at nighttime. Mm-hmm. But it's nice. It's nice going and learning like if you learn if you see you're getting anxious about something you're doing at the convention maybe think about adjusting it Mm. so you're more comfortable try something out different if you notice you had asthma one day maybe think about when you're traveling how far you're going how long you're staying Mm -hmm. and if you're having anxiety about it think about is it because i'm going through the hallways that have so many people in them Mm -hmm. am i Maybe I could duck into a panel room or a movie room where they're mm-hmm. showing shows. So it's good to think about planning it other ways and talking about it. Exactly. And I, I, I like what you just said, like the whole talking about it. I make it a point. So this past KatsuCon was my fifth KatsuCon. The first time I ever went to KatsuCon was before I actually recognized I had anxiety. Um, so I don't have... I don't have an anxiety disorder to the point where it like affects me literally every single day, but I do, I have noticed these moments where it, it does peak and it does become physically uncomfortable. Um, mine is more tied to, I guess, because I, I don't, I haven't learned how to like take more breaks or I haven't learned how to like remove myself from certain areas. So I just, I guess like keep trucking and I just keep going. Um, and by that, I mean, like, you know, yeah, I'll take breaks. I'll go up to the room. But those aren't, those don't even feel like breaks because my makeup's not off. You know, um, my costume might still sort of kind of be on. I still have obligations where I'm like, oh, I, I still want to go out to dinner with my friends. Or I still want to go to this meetup. Or I want to go to this shoot or whatever. And just knowing I still have to do that, my brain's still worrying. It's it's not I sleeping. noticed that about you. I yeah, it's not resting. Like, I still have things I want to do. Um, but so the first two Katsukans before I realized I had, you know, a problem was it at the end of each day when I finally took off my costume and I finally said, all right, I'm in my room. I'm not going anywhere for the rest of the night. I've got nothing else to do. Everything was off and I was in the shower. I would be hit with panic attacks that would last like 20, 25 minutes just sitting in the shower and like sobbing because all of the day would just come rushing at me and I'd be like, oh my God, I didn't pay attention to these stimuli. I didn't pay attention to the way my body was reacting throughout the day. And now that I'm finally taking a chance to sit down and relax and my brain is finally turning it or trying to turn itself off. Now everything is like, remember when you did this and this and this and you spoke to that person and this person and that and my brain's just like short circuiting. It's like, I can't do this. So my body like just broke down and it happened literally every night of the first Katsukan and the second Katsukan. The third Katsukan, it still happened because I was still in the throes of, like, trying to figure out what the heck was going on. My fourth Katsukan was just bad in general for, like, like costume malfunctions, so that didn't really help. This past Katsukan, um, I think, was the best I've handled my anxiety because I did... You were more vocal about it, which was good. Yeah, and, like, telling people, knowing that my, you know, the people that I travel with and the people that I keep in my circle are aware that I have this thing going on and they are or they're be even they either they are aware or they're becoming aware of the signs to look for so you know my brother is one of the you know one of the people in my circle that is the most attuned to it so he will start to notice if I'm getting snippy or if I'm getting quiet and I'm I'm taking more time to like blankly look at things instead of like speaking and moving and doing stuff he will start to recognize that that's a sign I've been pushed too far, that, like, I need to be removed, I need to, but I I can't physically do it myself for some reason. So he'll kind of, like, ask me, do you want to go up to the room? Like, do you want to go upstairs? Do you want to go 
get a drink? Do you want to go, you know, just sit somewhere and like take a break or whatever? And it will be that tiny little moment of, oh, he knows what's going on. I know what's going on, but I have not quite figured out how to remove myself. So he's kind of helping me do it. And I've been more vocal where I, I've, you know, I texted you and I texted yeah. my cousin and I've told people out loud, like, I'm just, I just don't feel right. I'm, I'm very anxious right now. I'm very, um, I'm very run down. I'm very like sad. I just don't feel right. And just knowing that, you know, in my group, I have those people to kind of drop little hints to like, hey, I'm not okay. Like I need like a hug or I need like assistance or I just need you to come sit and like talk with me for a minute while I like get my panic out and stuff like that. That's kind of what I mean by if you're comfortable being vocal, it's really good to have a circle you're comfortable doing that with, but it's also really comfort. It's also really good. My God, my brain's moving so fast. My mind's not, my yeah. mouth's not keeping up. Um, <laughs> this topic, like mental health gets me like yeah. so fired up because um, it's important and it's sad because there's a lot of people I talk to that are aware sometimes, of this. Sometimes also to people and, you know, I've been dealing with, you know, anxiety has been around me, not just with myself and social anxiety. I've been, you know, as an adult dealing with it way better than I did when I was younger, mm-hmm. but it also ties in with, I have depression and body issues from mm-hmm. like when I was younger having an eating disorder. So I get the run of the mill, but I find that because I spend time falling in love with myself and working on myself, it's easier for me to help people. Mm-hmm. And that's why I love talking about it too, because I want to help, yeah. you know, realize your triggers. So for me, something that's been really helpful is finding those people you can, it goes back to everything <laughs> that we say each episode where you need to have a good force around you mm-hmm. to have a positive environment and you need to cut sometimes, cut people out. But oh, yeah. Like for instance, my friend Bruce, my, my friend Bruce Hart who cosplays, Sorry that I used your last name, but I did it. You're going to be fine. I'll tag you. It's fine. <laughs> um, Bruce, though, has been coming to conventions with me since I said, you know, I really want to start cosplaying. He's like, you know what? Me too. And we've kind of gone in together. And Bruce has seen me because with my social anxiety, sometimes I need things planned. And I've been working on, like, getting out of the planning phase because mm-hmm. if it doesn't go according, then I get a little, like, so I've been coming more <laughs> loose mm-hmm. with that. And, like, Ed's been super helpful with that as well. Mm-hmm. But I know that, like, for Bruce and I are great to go to conventions because he'll just go. I'm like, mm-hmm. that's fine. You go do what you want. He doesn't have to drag me through it because, you know, it's not everything I want to do. But we'll meet up and we'll talk about it. Right. And we're still great friends. I like going to conventions with you because we're very similar with how we handle things. Mm-hmm. Um, same thing with Nikki. But I like it, too, because... You know, the day that you text me saying, you know, we want to have a family night. Mm-hmm. I was like, cool. I sensed that it was maybe like too much stimulus also happening too. And I was like, you need that. Mm-hmm. And I support it. Mm-hmm. Same thing with like, if you guys want to go do something, supporting it, knowing, okay, you go do that. I'm going to do what I want. What exactly. And it's healthy to not, you can't keep dragging people through things if they don't want to go mm-hmm. because they might not want to go for a reason. Exactly. And if you're pushing people, you're not it's selfish mm-hmm. it's selfish and you're not sometimes people don't look at the people around them and think oh you know it's like when they push someone on a roller coaster because they say they don't want to do roller coasters because oh you'll love it when you go on that's not the case no they pushed me on a roller coaster dad i did not like it i told you that <laughs> 
Still don't. My brother's the same way. Like when when I was younger, I didn't like roller coasters. I like roller coasters now, but and but I but I grew into that. And like every time somebody said, "Just go on, just go on, just go on," I would I would adamantly put my foot down and be like, "I am not going on that roller coaster." And my brother, he's not super fond of roller coasters now, but he will like depending on what it looks like, he'll give it a chance. But he's he was the same way when I started getting into roller coasters, and he was still not into them. Every time I was like, I would catch myself being like, come on to a roller coaster with me. Like, it'll be fine. I'm your sister. Like, I would never steer you wrong. But then I'd have to kind of like take a step back and be like, all right, listen, this is him vocalizing his boundaries to me and vocalizing that he does not want to do this because it makes him uncomfortable and it's not something he feels like he's going to enjoy. So why am I going to selfishly be like, you should come on with me because I'm your sister and I will protect you and blah, 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 when... I can go on the roller coaster by myself or I can go on the roller coaster, you know, with another friend who enjoys it, come off the ride, meet up with my brother and be like, all right, let's go do something that we will both enjoy instead of me forcing you to, you know, to come and try and enjoy it with me. And I think that's the same way it should be treated at conventions. Mm -hmm. Like, do you like doing this? No? Okay. I'm going to do this because I enjoy this. Mm -hmm. You don't. That's fine. Let's meet up here. We'll go to this. Exactly. Which... That's why I, I honestly really enjoyed going to KatsuCon with you, Nikki, you know, Denny and them, because I felt like we did that mm-hmm. really well. We did. And, and it was really nice. And, like, Denny's the same way. Like, Denny, you know, I feel like Denny and Ed are the same with cosplay, but, like, they, they dabble. Like, they like they like to try it out, but they're not as deep into it as, like, you and I are, which, I mean, is totally fine. Everybody can cosplay the way they want to. But when Denny... Um, when Denny does get into, like, cosplaying, he's, like, very, very excited about it. The one thing he's always been really adamant to me about is that he doesn't enjoy photo shoots. And, like, I love photo shoots. I, it's, like, one of my favorite things to do at conventions. But I learned really early on that, like, if I if I try to drag Denny, to, you know, to these photo shoots and stuff like that, he's really not going to have a great time. And all that's going to do is sour his whole experience. And, like, do I want him to be in photo shoots with me? Absolutely. I want him to do everything with me. But... There are some things that he's not comfortable with, and there are some things that he's just not into. So, like, why would I force him? Understanding the people around you's environment is just as important as understanding your own triggers. Mm -hmm. And, like, if you see someone not enjoying it, kind of, you know, it's okay to respectfully ask people, like, how are you feeling? Mm -hmm. Checking in. It feels good to also be noticed in that way, too, as well. But I will say you, when someone looks, like, down... Just don't say, like, what's wrong? What's wrong? What's wrong? What's yeah, wrong? Don't what's do wrong? That. What's wrong? <laughs> it's kind of like, why when, are you, you know, sad when you're not wearing makeup? Like, are you sick? No. No, I just don't want to wear makeup. What do you mean? Yeah. There's a difference between saying, why are you sad? And then saying, like, hey, you know, what's going on today? I've noticed you looked a little different. Is everything going okay? Mm-hmm. And, like, if you have well being intent versus just trying to find the gossip out about somebody, yeah. there's a difference. And you can tell too, like when somebody is being sincere as opposed to somebody who really doesn't care about your feelings but just wants to like talk about you yeah. at some point later on. And it's it's nice too because some you don't always need to be vocal about it, but like mm-hmm. if you're aware of somebody's like Ed knows I have anxiety, mm-hmm. he knows now what my triggers are and he knows how to calm me down. Mm-hmm. And I think it's the same with me because he does sometimes get He's fast to react Mm -hmm. and get, like, a little heated. Mm -hmm. And I kind of – I know how to cool him down now. And that's, like, important is understanding, you know, other people's triggers. The other thing I do want to say is, you know, um, 
when you're respectful of other people's boundaries and knowing that when they don't want to do something or they don't want to be somewhere, you know, you respect that. It also goes, you know, the other way is that if you're in a situation, you know, say for example, like I said, I don't enjoy, you know, going to parties very often. I don't enjoy like a whole drinking aspect. If I had a group of friends, which I don't thankfully, if I had a group of friends that were like, hey. She does not have a group of friends. I can attest to that. <laughs> if I had a group of friends that was like, hey, um, we're going out at, you know, 10 o'clock, 10.30 tonight. Um, we're going to go out to this like local bar and we're going to go have drinks and we're going to go like, it's going to be like 20 of us. Like, do you want to come? automatically I'm kind of like it's 10 30 I'm a grandma at conventions I'm like listen it's 10 30 like I'm exhausted so automatically I'm like no I don't that's not my scene like I don't want to as soon as I say no if my friends were like no no you should come like you should come you should do this all you know we never hang out we never see you blah blah blah. kind of like guilting you you kind of start to feel that pressure where you're like I mean they're right I don't hang out with them I don't get to see them very often Maybe I should go. And in the moment, it seems like a good idea because you're like, I'm making them happy. Like, I want them, I want them to want to hang out with me. I want them to be happy to hang out with me. But then at the end of the night, I end up suffering because then it's late. I'm exhausted. My feet hurt. I may have obligations the next morning, like photo shoots or meetups or just because I want to get up early and be on the floor to not miss anything. And because I've been out so late, I'll wake up late. And the rest of the day will be completely ruined. And because of the way my anxiety works too, when the plans fall through, it just heightens the anxiety even more. So in the moment, it was a good idea. And then in execution, it was such a bad idea that not only did it ruin that night, but it could have potentially ruined the rest of my convention. So it's kind of one of those things where if you're in that situation and you know your limits and you know your boundaries, you know where you're comfortable, you have to be strong enough to be like, no, if I said no the first time, I said it for a reason. I said it because I weighed the situation. I understood I was uncomfortable when you presented the situation to me. That's not going to change just because you begged me to come out 500 more times. If I said no the first time, I have to be strong enough to say no every single time after you ask me within the next five to 10 minutes. And it's difficult to do because that guilt and that pressure is really strong. And it's, it's crazy that you say something like that, too, because from having social anxiety, mm-hmm. because with social anxiety, you're constantly like, oh, they're looking at me like they hate me. They're talking about me. That you have this fear that if you don't go, you're going to be you're not going to matter to them. They're going to talk about mm-hmm. you. They're not going to actually like you anymore. They don't really want to be your friend. So you almost want to push yourself because you're like, oh, if I go, you know, it's the fear of missing out. Like, mm-hmm. I, you know, they won't talk about me. Like, it, it'll be great. But then you, you'll go somewhere you don't want to go, be overstimulated, and then have more anxiety. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just when you surround yourself with people who know you and understand you and actually care about mm-hmm. you, you can have open conversations with, you know what? I'm not going to, like, you, did, you didn't want to go out when we went out because you didn't know how it was going to be like. Right. We were like, okay, cool. We'll send you pictures. Yep. No worries. Love you. See you later. Yep. And then you did that. You sent me pictures and now I know what it looks like. So now I'm more comfortable. Like, we're not going to go. And we weren't like, oh, wow, you're not going to come. We're like, we're going to miss you. Have fun. We understand. Yep. And that's fine. Mm -hmm. And you have to get strong enough to have conversations with people because unfortunately you're going to find out some people don't need to be in your circle. Oh, yeah. Because they're not your supporters. But some people 
don't want to have those tough conversations with friends, boyfriends, and they want to just be this person that they aren't. Mm -hmm. And if you're acting like somebody else, you're only making it worse for yourself. You're going to wear yourself down real quick. Being a people pleaser is, is like one of the hardest lessons I've had to learn in life. Cause like I obviously like, you know, I was raised by two really strong independent parents who told me all the time, if you're ever uncomfortable with something, you need to talk about being uncomfortable about it. And because of that, you know, I would come into these situations being like, yes, I, I, I'm vocal about it. No, I don't want to do that. No, I don't want to go here. No, I don't want to talk to that person. But then, you know, as you get older and your, your, your friend circle changes and your, um, it gets smaller from when you were in high school or in middle school, and you have these friends that are probably going to be the friend group you might have for the rest of your life, you start to understand that sometimes you, you could feel pressured to see these people because you haven't seen them in so long. Especially at Katsukon, I have a lot of cosplay friends who live in different states. Some of them live in different countries. And they come to Katsukon. I want to have those friends. <laughs> Thank they, you. They come to Katsukon, like I come to Katsukon, and it's the only time out of the entire year that we will get to see each other. And like my, um, shout out to my friends, C and Jennifer, they live, I mean, C not really, she lives like an hour from me, but Jennifer lives like way farther from me. So it's not like I could just call her up and be like, you want to come over and watch anime? She can't, we don't have that luxury. So when it comes time for Katsukon, it's the only time I can see her. So if she's like talking to me about making plans and like wanting to go to dinner or wanting to do this, I want to do those things because I don't see her. But if she catches me at a time when I'm exhausted, my anxiety's high, I just need to relax, I need to breathe, even if I want to see her, even if I don't get to see her any other time outside of Katsukon, I have to step back and remember that it sounds selfish, but I am more important than Jennifer. My feelings and and my mental health is more important than the time that I will or will not spend with Jennifer. And learning that lesson is super difficult. It's something that I'm still struggling with sometimes because like I said, that pressure can be so strong. You wanna be there for those people. You wanna do those things. But you really have to remember, especially in cosplay, that when you're uncomfortable and you're anxious and you can feel yourself tanking and you know you need to step back. You need to be strong enough to step back and you need to be strong enough to give yourself a break and to know that if you keep pushing forward, you are only destroying yourself. You're not hurting your friends. You're not hurting these photographers. You're not hurting these other cosplayers that want to meet up with you. You are blips on their radar at that point because the only thing that matters is you stepping back and taking care of yourself so that when you are healthy again, you can come back out and you can enjoy your photo shoots and you can enjoy your meetups and you can enjoy, you know, sitting with your friends and having dinner and doing this because you've taken care of yourself and you've done what's necessary to feel strong enough to go do these things with these people. But if you don't do that, you're just going to end up sitting in your shower like me, crying and panicking for 25 minutes because you didn't take the time to take care of yourself. And it's, it's something to remember too that cosplay isn't a race. It's not a race. You're not in unless you're in a cosplay race by some weird chance (laughs) it's not a race and you have to even if it's not even just convention just starting into it start with what makes you comfortable Mm -hmm. do what makes you comfortable grow at your own pace it's okay to take mental breaks it's okay to take vacations 
it's okay to take that time to detox because you're right. If you don't do it, you are only hurting yourself. Mm -hmm. You are going to spiral down and then you're going to feel defeated and then you're might not even want to continue doing it, which is a shame for, you know, all the passion that you had and something you enjoy. It's not fun when something you enjoy now comes at a cost. Right. And going back to like, you know, with what you're saying, the lesson you learned of, you know, focusing on yourself too. And Mm -hmm. I was fortunate enough, I, when I was younger and, and, you know, sorry to anybody who went to high school with me. (laughs) Um, I was just dramatic. I was not sure of who I was because I was going through everything without knowing what I was going through. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know who I really was. So I was trying to fit these different molds and please different people. And I was just so unhappy that it just resonated inside of me and it just kept growing until Really, I was, like, 26 is really when I, like, focused on myself and being myself. And I think, you know, I pride myself as an adult that I'm someone who doesn't change. Like, Mm -hmm. one of the most things that people comment about me who know me is you don't change versus who you are. Like, Mm -hmm. if I go out with you, I'm not going to see a different side of you because of who we're hanging out with. And that's because I love me, Mm -hmm. okay? Which took a long place to get here, but I think I'm really cool. (laughs) I'm pretty hilarious. I think you're great. (laughs) I'm not hilarious, but... (laughs) I think you're funny. (laughs) I try not to self... (laughs) My biggest thing is to not also add on to my own struggles with being mean to myself, Mm -hmm. which can also add to everything else. So, you know, it's something that you also have to just keep yourself in check with everything else that's going on. Yeah. Because you're... Better than you think you are. And you deserve more than you're giving yourself. Mm-hmm. And it's it's really difficult, especially because life is, like, so fast-paced. And, I mean, especially when you're at conventions, everything is, like, go, 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 go. And, like, when you said, like, oh, cosplay is not a race, it's also really important to add that it is okay for you to cancel things. It's okay for you to cancel cosplans. It's okay for you to cancel photo shoots. It's okay for you to cancel conventions in general. Last year, um, I was in the throes of nursing school, and I was supposed to guest at the Geekdom Con in November, and I was supposed to go to Anime New York City and debut Hero Ochako's uniform. Nursing school got so incredibly stressful and mentally draining that I did not see how I was going to be able to keep up with my exams, keep up with my homework and my papers, and still make Ochako's entire hero uniform uh, get all of my prints and my banners ready for guesting at that convention, get all my panel information together, and go to two separate conventions within three weeks of each other in the same month. And I was like, I can't do that. And it was really heartbreaking to have to email the convention I was guesting at and saying to them, I have to back out. I cannot come to this convention. I cannot guess at this convention. I know you announced it already. I know we were both excited. We got the table and everything, but I can't go. And I had to back out of Anime New York City. I had to back out of Plans with Nikki. I had to back out of the Hero Ochako costume in general. And I just had to drop everything. Because it if I would have pushed myself to complete those things, geez, I would have been so unhappy and so exhausted and, like, so stressed out of my mind. I probably would have been in a mental hospital at this point because it, it wouldn't have been healthy at all. But knowing that... You know, the what brought me to those decisions was understanding my own mental health and understanding that I know I'm not going to be happy if I do those things. But sometimes it's really difficult to put yourself there and know that 
oh, without a doubt, I'll be able to do the same thing. It's like, it, it really depends on the person. Like, I I pride myself in, in a lot of my strengths, but my mental health is something I'm, I'm still dodgy with. I'm still trying to figure out, you know, how it works, how it ticks, what sets me off, how do I calm myself so that I don't have to, like, depend on other people to, like, calm me down and stuff like that. But when it comes to stuff like that, it's not healthy for me to proceed, so why proceed? And understanding that mentality of, at the end of the day, I it's just, just a costume. Lost. Are you crying? <laughs> oh my gosh. Don't cry, Maria. <laughs> why are we doing this? How <laughs> I can't look at you. <laughs> I'm definitely a Deku. You are so Deku. I'm like, I'm like Todoroki at this point, like, please stop crying, please stop crying, please stop. I'm like, literally, you can't, obviously none of you can see this, but I'm literally fanning Maria so she doesn't do that. <laughs> you know, Every time I be, are you crying? <laughs> I knew this, like, with mental health, I knew it was going to get, um, like, I, I feel very raw right now. Um, I don't, I don't feel like crying, I mean, yet. Give me a minute. Just don't look at me. Just don't even Just look at <laughs> Don't look at me. Um. It's so, like, it, that. that's what I mean about this topic is, like, it's very, it's very raw. It's very, like, especially when you deal with it, when, when it is an, a personal issue that you have. The reason I get teared up is because I think it's great. Because I think you're very strong. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's true. Like, so, because, so I love, you know, I'm big in what... <clears throat> I'm a firm believer in everything that I've gone through has made me who I am. Mm -hmm. But I think it's also been where I can help people. Mm -hmm. I love to help people. So if it's something just as little as me, like, for instance, when you said, you know, I don't think I want to do this cosplay because it's going to be too much. I feel really good saying, no, it's not an issue at all. Mm -hmm. That's fine because I genuinely mean it because I care about you. Mm -hmm. And I know you care about me. And it's nice being able to go through and make people stronger. And, like, it's nice watching people get stronger. Because <laughs> it's great. It is great. Ah, I love people. Honestly, it's... <laughs> oh, Maria. <laughs> it's going to make fun of me. I... I'm going to make fun of me. <laughs> oh, anyways. It's... Yeah, it's... it's um, I don't remember what I was talking about. I never cried. Um, what? I never cried. No, it never happened. No. You can edit it all out. <laughs> I won't, because... No, it's 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 good to have these. It's human. It is human. That's not like this This topic's so... It's so hard to talk about, you know, um, just because, like, you deal with these things. And, like, you... It's, like, looking at it from the outside, I mean, it, it hasn't even been that long that I've been doing this and, and been, like, dealing with this. So, like, I mean, I have family members that have been dealing with this since they were, like... 15 16 and I was there for them like you know they would come to me with these struggles and they would come to me you know explaining how they feel but I just didn't get it because I, I I didn't have it at the time or if I did I didn't recognize it so I was on the outside so I have the blessing of knowing what both of those perspectives are like is is being on the outside and knowing that like this does exist I'm not stupid I I, I know it exists and I know it's here but I don't know what it feels like and I don't know what it looks like but I'm trying like I'm trying to learn and then when I actually started feeling it and I and I started understanding that this is what I have, now I was like, oh, this is what it feels like. This is what my family was trying 
to explain to me all those years ago. Now I know what it feels like. And then it just kind of sat and like made me cry for like three days. Because it was like, I can't believe they felt like this when they were talking to me about it. And they were trying to make me understand this feeling. Now I understand and I'm like, oh my god, this sucks. That's so important too with you having that perspective. Because, you know, I've been dealing with this since I was little. But it's so hard to explain it to somebody Mm -hmm. without them unfortunately because it's not talked about enough Mm -hmm. it isn't it just invisible illnesses are not talked about enough no and people will make you feel like it's in your head Mm -hmm. or that it's not this it's you know you're just nervous right but it's just being aware of when somebody's coming to you with that to take time and really listen Mm -hmm. because it's a big deal to go to somebody yeah and you know I'm so happy to have somebody in my life like Ed who has taken that time Mm -hmm. as a significant other to be my support system. And, you know, there's been times that I've, I literally was walking up the front door, I dropped my mug, it shattered, and I just cried. I sobbed and sobbed and he just held me, didn't judge anything, and he's like, you should take a bath. Yeah, like you should not do this. Because I smelled. Yeah. Okay. I smell like roses. <laughs> because he knew that I needed to de-stress. I was overstimulated. Mm-hmm. I went too hard. I overworked myself and I was suffering. So he took the time to know what I need to relax and bring it up. Just yep. like how you said your brother does. Yep. It's great to have people who will notice things that sometimes you're blind to yourself. Yeah, you don't understand. It, it's hard because like this, this mental health thing, it makes you feel like, how can I explain it to somebody when I don't fully understand it. Like, when I first... I, I will never forget the conversation that I had with my mother when I first... So the way that I came out with anxiety was through a Facebook post. I just made this long three to four paragraph post on Facebook about my anxiety. And and it was, it was a couple days after I had finally, like, sat down and come to terms with, like, all right, this is what you have. This is what is going on. And you can't, you're, you've been blind to it for all these years, and now you need to sit down, and now you need to do something about it. So I'll never forget the conversation I had with my mother about it, because she saw the post, and she called me, and she was in tears, because she doesn't understand anxiety. She doesn't have anxiety. She doesn't, I mean, she's obsessive-compulsive, but she doesn't have anxiety. So, like, she doesn't, she doesn't get to this day. She still doesn't really get it. Neither one of my parents do. They don't really understand it. But they're like, all right, well, we don't get it, but... Like, if you need to talk, if you need to call us, like, we're here. We're fine. And my mother was, like, in tears. And I was in tears because I was like, what is happening? Why is my mother crying? What did I do? (laughs) And she was like, her immediate reaction was guilt for not catching it, for not understanding and for not, like, knowing and realizing that this is what was happening to me. Granted, she wasn't living with me, so it was hard for her because it's like, oh, well, you don't... Did it make you feel worse? hearing her feel guilty because my parents because they love me Mm -hmm. but when I started telling them things like for instance like that I used to have an eating disorder and they Mm -hmm. didn't know I felt so I didn't want to tell them more because of them feeling guilty Mm -hmm. that's hard it's 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 hard that's what you said when like when someone comes to you and they're talking to you about these things it is super crucial for you to listen they don't need you to talk to them. They don't need you to tell them anything. Your real, your only role is is to just shut up and listen because it is so 
difficult because think about it. I mean, you don't have to think about it because you know what it's like. But like for our, you know, for our our, our listeners, you know, think about that. Is you know, in Switzerland, think about that when you have these like, like, you know, the best way I can really describe my my own anxiety is like it's like a little beast. It's it's like a little beast in your head that just like whispers these things to you and and you know your truths, but your anxiety is really good at making you look at your truths and be like, that's not true, that's false, that's a lie, you're a liar. And it's so difficult to to tell somebody that, to look at somebody and be like, so basically I have a little beast in my head that tells me I'm worthless, that tells me I'm ugly, that tells me I'm fat, this and this and that. Any sane person would look at you and be like, what? Like, yeah. what do you mean you have a beast in your head? And it's hard, too, because it. they're like, oh, you're beautiful, you're wonderful. And, like, you know you're being irrational and what you're thinking doesn't make sense, but you can't stop it from happening and feeling true. And you have to, like, beat it down. Yeah. But it's funny that you say a little beast. I always, you can look back at, like, my artwork. There's normally like, a little skeleton, mm-hmm. and that's, like, my little guy. And he'll be, like, in my hair or in my eye or in my ear or in my, like, there's one with, like, a rib cage opened up. Mm-hmm. And it's just, they're these little creatures that live inside us. And sometimes they do push us into magical things that happen because of overcoming it. But sometimes they're just overwhelming. It's hard. It's really hard. I mean, like, I'll be real with y'all. Uh, yesterday was, like, I, it was it was rough. Yesterday was a really hard day mentally. Oh, yesterday. so, so yeah, so, so yesterday was rough. Yesterday was a bad, like, body conscious day, you know, I just woke up and I was like, this is disgusting. And like, you know, you'll have those, you'll wake up feeling like a queen 85% of the time, and then like the rest of the time you'll wake up feeling like a piece of dirt on the floor, and you're like, oh, that sucks. But like, Tuesday through Thursday. <laughs> but it's hard because I, you know, I, I spoke to you about it, I spoke to my best friend about it, I spoke to my, my brother and my father about it, and you know, you were all telling me really nice things, but when you're in that mentality, it's so difficult to take that and soak it up. Like, you you just look at it and you're like, that is really nice. Like, I genuinely feel so nice that you're saying that to me, and I feel so happy that you're saying that to me, but I just can't take it. Like, I can't take it and internalize it and make it, like, truth in my mind because my little beast takes it and just like eats it up and is like no 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 no, that's a lie i think it's so important that you say that too because i think it's really important for those of you who are listening that to understand that when people are you know asking for nice things or or they're saying they feel really crappy about themselves it's not fishing for compliments yeah no granted i'm sure there are people who do it because they are fishing for compliments which stop (laughs) sometimes i just really need to know that like I'm not, I'm not who I think people have in their mind because of what I'm thinking mm-hmm. in my own head. I want to like, okay, you know, I'm not awful. I'm doing okay. I'm I'm doing my best and it's getting recognized. Here I am. <laughs> like, you just need that sometimes. But sometimes you're also just trying to feed that beast so that it shuts up. Honestly, getting it to stop is the worst part. Like I said, this is not something I, I deal with every day, but it is something that happens. And like, you know, when you wake up, and for me, it is usually, like, when I, as soon as I wake up, I'll feel it. And I'll know, like, I guess it's going to be that kind of day. And, and it is a day. It's not even like, oh, I'll feel it. And then, like, you know, two, three hours later, it'll go away. Like, no, it's literally, like, I'll wake up and I'll have it. 
right until I fall asleep. Or, like, maybe an hour or so before I finally decide to be like, I'm going to bed. I think mine lasts a little longer because mine will, I know, just go a couple days because it, it just really ties into also having depression where it's like... And people have this misconception that... And I'm sorry that I sound nasally. I was crying. Um, <laughs> it's not that it's just, oh, I'm, I'm just so sad. It's that you feel numb mm-hmm. and and there's a quote out there on the internet that says and I'm, I'm sorry i don't know who said it but having anxiety is you know thinking that everything's wrong and depression is not caring about it mm. and having it both it's like you can see everything going on but you can't you can't do anything mm-hmm. and it's just you you know you know it's hard to know that <laughs> it's hard to remind yourself that it's not permanent when you mm-hmm. feel like that but there will literally be days where I'm like, I don't want to get out of bed. I don't, I don't want to move. Mm-hmm. I just feel gray. Mm-hmm. I don't want to get going. And the things that I feel passionate about, I don't feel passionate about right now. I don't want to get it done. And I'm lucky to be doing so many things in my life that I am passionate about mm-hmm. and happy because I used to not be as involved in, you know, this nerd culture itself. Be even though I I've loved it forever, I never thought I could do so many things Mm -hmm. that I was passionate about. And that's really helped me feel better for longer. Mm -hmm. As well as understanding and talking about it when I feel great. Because it's okay to be like, hey, I'm just, I'm in a funk right now. Yep, I'm in a funk right now. Just know that I might be in a mood. I'm, you know, these are things that are going to happen. This is just what I'm going through. Know there's nothing you can do right now. But yes, it will finish. That's the harder part too, is that, when you're in that position and you you come across somebody that is coming to you with these issues i me personally i'm a fixer i love to fix things like not just not just issues with people but like anything anything that goes wrong my first thought is like all right how do i fix this um so when you are presented with somebody who is coming to you with these depressive thoughts or these anxious thoughts and they're just they're just low there's nothing you can do about it it is so frustrating for me to look at that situation and be like, wow, there is nothing I can do to fix that. I can't say anything that's going to fix that. I can't do anything that's going to fix that. I can't take this person anywhere that is going to fix this. All I can do is just sit here and listen. And that's the hardest part. And that's kind of one of the biggest pieces I want to give to anybody that's listening to this is that the listening part is sometimes the hardest part is only listening and not trying to fix something like depression and anxiety and you know uh body dysmorphia you can't fix those things for somebody else you can't take those things away from that person the only thing you can do is listen and that's the hardest part is sitting back and understanding that this person is only talking to me so that i can listen to them this person's not talking to me because they're looking for a solution they just need to get this off their chest and they need to get it out of their minds because if they don't it's going to drive them insane and it's going to it's going to make them spiral even further down this terrible depressive anxious hole that they have you know found themselves in so them talking to you is the most important thing for them to do but the most important thing for you to do is to listen so you know to kind of like I don't want to say wrap it up, but kind of like to encompass everything for your personal self, 
knowing your limits, setting your boundaries, being vocal about that kind of stuff. Not just your boundaries, but being vocal to when you're having problems, you know, to when you're anxious, when you're depressive, when you need for somebody to leave you alone and be like, listen, I don't need company right now. I just need, I need to breathe and I need to relax and I need to do it by myself. You need to know your boundaries and you need to vocalize that stuff. And you need to know when it's time to talk and when it's time to act versus when it's time to listen. Because these people are coming to you with these issues and that's hard enough for them as it is. But they're not looking for solutions. They're just looking for you to listen. A um, couple things just to tie into that I think we should add into is, you know, um, one thing first before I ask you this next thing <laughs> is that I think you should also know too that it is absolutely okay and you should never feel ashamed to want to talk to someone professionally yes because you might not have that support system that i've been you know blessed with having Mm -hmm. it's okay there are people who go to school for the sake of understanding different signs and triggers and helping you maintain functionality and it's okay to shop around for them as well too Mm -hmm. because you might not find the ones now there's also people who you can reach by text messaging, calling Mm -hmm. on the phone, or live chatting. I work at a job that offers LifeWorks, which helps direct you to those places as well, too. So some jobs will even help you do it. But definitely reach out. It's nothing you should be ashamed of. Mm -hmm. You're born who you are, and you're acting for a reason, and there's nothing wrong with wanting to improve yourself or Mm -hmm. understand yourself. Understanding yourself is one of the best journeys you can go on and falling in love with yourself is one of the best things you can live through i can definitely say how much i've loved mm-hmm. learning to love myself but something i think we should share mm. you know which i think will also help find the mood too is what are some things we do when we notice that we're getting these funks that help us get through it mm-hmm. so what's some things that you do baths is like a big i think it's mostly because um the way that my anxiety manifests in, in, you know, when it's terrible is it, it, it manifests very physically. So it does make me, oh, it does make me feel oh. very <laughs> physically awful. So that sensory neuro part of my brain that's like, this feels terrible. If I take a bath and kind of like stimulate those senses in like a nicer way with nice scents or nice like um, bath bombs and like bubbles and lotions and stuff, it kind of like forces my mind to focus on the nice feelings that are happening to my body and being like oh this smells nice or oh that looks nice like when I add like glitter to my baths it's like oh my god look at all that glitter that's so freaking pretty and it kind of forces me to slow down and be like look at all the stuff here that's happening that's nice try not to focus on the bad things that are happening to my mind granted like I said this works for me this may not work for like somebody else look at all this stuff look at (laughs) lats look at all this stuff that's a good one. Yeah, there we go. But the, like the baths help because it, it, it does kind of give me a chance to like slow down and breathe and kind of listen to... Slow down and breathe. Sedab. Sedab. Sedab and lats. Lats. Sedab. Lats. Sedab. Write that down somewhere. Here. <laughs> um, and I know you like taking baths as well because um, it's, it's, there's just something about it that's like so soothing. If I feel like I'm overstimulated... I do like taking a deep bath mm-hmm. because I do it with the lights. I have, um, I get those like little LED candles. The tea lights, the little tea lights. Well, they have, my mom got them for me for Christmas and there's a remote control and you can change the color oh. and then they flicker. But I also have like 
bath bombs and real candles. Mm-hmm. And I, I like scents. And I just like to put in the dark and let just the world kind of disappear around me. Yes. Yes. Now, if I'm feeling numb or I notice that I'm going more towards the depression side, I do like making different playlists mm-hmm. or listening to different playlists too because like Spotify will let you listen to other people's playlists. Yep. And like sometimes I'll want to make myself feel something because I'll feel numb. So I'll want a good cry because sometimes I just need to cry out. Oh my God, I know exactly what you mean. <laughs> or if I'm feeling, you know, where I feel a little down in my body image and I feel not pretty, I will listen to some upbeat maybe some like little mix or maybe some dmx if i'm really feeling like i want to be a boss (laughs) and like i like to listen to playlists a lot Mm -hmm. i also too like when i was kind of more experiencing a lot more and not knowing how to focus on it art was a big outlet for me Mm -hmm. so like even to like doing like a little like closet cosplay Mm -hmm. like i didn't feel great this past week but i did that aizawa your Azawa looked great. I had fun doing it. It was so fun. Your Azawa was great. We'll post our double Azawas. Yeah. Azawa. Double Azawas. And I think it's nice too, you know, another thing that I do is I enjoy talking with the people that I love. Mm-hmm. You've become someone I've loved. Ah, You're in my right. circle. <laughs> but it's nice too because it's nice because <coughs> the people, so fun fact, we have a little cosplay well, not even a cosplay group. But we have our little group, the Cosplay Badasses. Yep. Bad asterisks. <laughs> and I feel like we're very supportive of each other. Mm-hmm. And if it's we want to talk crap about the day we're having. Or we want to just share things that make us happy. Or we want to just empower each other. It's great. And if all three of us, say, wanted to cosplay Bakugo... Mm-hmm none of us would make each other feel bad or wrong about it. Exactly. Like, when you were like, oh, I was thinking about doing it too, I was like, do it! You were like, go Let's for that! do it! I will hype you up! And then I saw your picture and I was like, yeah! We love it! But, like, it's so, it's so important to not hold yourself to the other people because you're different, mm-hmm. but also support the people around you. Exactly. You don't know what somebody's going through! Stop it. Just be nice. Be nice and support people, especially on the internet. Like, it's so easy to forget that, like, oh, you may be typing up a comment about how you think this person's ugly or this person's fat, but you tend to forget that there is a real live human being on the other side of that computer that is reading that comment and that has real feelings and could be going through, you know, maybe they're overweight because they had a health issue or they had... You know, they just went through a massive depressive state and they gained weight because they couldn't cope, you know, they couldn't cope properly. Like, you just, you don't know what people are going through. So you have to be kind whenever you can. And you also have to realize, too, like, someone might say something and it's not intended the way your brain interprets it. Oh, yeah. So for me, you know, I just don't look at trolls. Mm-hmm. I, I watch them. I used to let them get to me. Just like I used to let negative people impact me. Mm-hmm. So I used to like let people impact how I feel. Because mm-hmm. sometimes there's negative people who want to make you feel negative too. Or blame you. Mm-hmm. Which sometimes we're all guilty of things being our fault. We're all human to, to err is human. Right. Whatever. Right. But like, I'm doing me. If you don't like me doing me, go somewhere else. Yeah. 
You don't need to be here. If you have positive criticism, you will know how to deliver it in a true manner. Because I, I can always grow. But I'm not reading your trollish comments. Just like that Adam that oh, sometimes they says, laugh at me. Huh? Sometimes they make me... I said they laugh at me, but I meant to say sometimes I just laugh at it. Yeah, sometimes sometimes the negative comments do make me laugh because it's such a stretch. And I look and I'm like, oh, honey, you tried. One time someone was like, ha, pimple. And I was like, I know I have a pimple. I don't, what do you want me I to I was going to be like, oh, my gosh, I have a pimple? <laughs> I didn't even know. That's my twin. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. So, yeah. Um, hope you guys enjoyed that topic. Sorry, we got a little real on y'all. We did get real. We got raw <laughs> with you. We did. Um, but but that's important. But that's what we're here for. So yeah. have these great conversations. Share your knowledge. And if you're somebody who's gone through it, talk about it. If you're comfortable talking about it, talk about it. Because it helps people understand what they're going through and know they're not alone. And I talk about myself because I want to help people feel stronger. Mm-hmm. I want you to know that you can come to talk to me and I will help you as much as I can. Not take on too much, but I will help you or find the resources to help you. So, now that we have conquered that fun topic, <laughs> let's go into uh, 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 some conspiracies. conspiracies. I'm ready. So, last week's conspiracies were for Ed. These conspiracies are for Christina. <laughs> so, with the birthday of Kingdom Hearts... Yeah, yeah, 15, no, 17. Don't look at me. I'm pretty sure it was 17. 17 years ago, Kingdom Hearts 1 When I was out. 13, so that makes sense. Mm-hmm. I know it was One, now. it, uh, ugh, can't speak. Kingdom Hearts 1 came out 17 years ago at some point last week. I can't remember the exact day that it was, but yeah, it came out. Two weeks ago when this airs. Mm-hmm. But I figured I would share some Kingdom Hearts theories. I will definitely preface this by saying Kingdom Hearts has greatly influenced a lot of my adolescence and, like, I guess my young adulthood now. I even have I even have a lot of elements of Kingdom Hearts that are going to be in my wedding because that's just how deeply impacted I am from this series. I, don't so I know love what that's this series. Like. like, I've never been into something so much that it's, like, all over and, like, really influenced my stuff. Can't relate. Can't relate. <laughs> I was like looking and I can spot like 13 Sailor Moon. Things. I was about to say, I could like literally name four spots of Sailor Moon stuff in your house it's right everywhere. now. <laughs> I didn't really realize that it is everywhere. It it's is. everywhere. Cry. Don't make me cry ever again. I didn't even make you, you cry. You made me cry with your love and emotional support. Sorry, I can't turn it down. Again, uh, we are offering hype trains. <laughs> Oh, I also wanted to say for the uh, before we close out the mental health thingy is that if you are listening and you feel like you don't have anybody to speak to, you can always email us. Yeah, um, we are super down to talk. You know, you know, listen to anything that you have to say, even if you just want to like tell us about your bad day or if you want to like tell us about something you're struggling with that you don't you know you don't feel comfortable telling to somebody inside your circle because I know what that's like where it's like you don't want to talk to yeah. your circle. Because you need, like, an outside perspective. And sometimes you need to share a secret with strangers. Yeah. And if you need to share a secret with, with us, Our lips are it. sealed. We're never, ever going to talk about Unless your stuff it's on the show. Hurt. Well, yeah, we'll never talk about you on the air. But, like, if you murdered someone, we will uh, have to tell yeah, someone. We're going to have to talk about so, that at some point. <laughs> not not on the air. No. Um, but we will 
have to address that. <laughs> we will not. So don't come to us with homicide yeah, confessions. Do, do not. Um, <laughs> we will snitch. Sorry. Sorry. We're just prefacing that. Yeah. So, you know, you just can't being, be mad. Just, just be real. <laughs> we can only be real with you. So. <laughs> do, 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 do. Kingdom Hearts. Kingdom Hearts. Conspiracy theories. I'm excited. So, this comes again from the gamer. Mm-hmm. They have some great lists. They should... have some really fun, like, lists of different things that they pull from all over. So, you've definitely made my life easier. <laughs> so, this um, article is Kingdom Hearts 15 fan theories so crazy they might be true. Just like last week, I only took a couple tidbits because some were just really yeah. blatantly true. And then some were already confirmed by Kingdom Hearts 3 because yeah. this is a little dated. <laughs> came out on May 29th, 2017. <clears throat> oh, yeah. <laughs> <sighs> this one is by Matt Bromigan. Now, I will tell you, I've only played a little bit of Kingdom Hearts 1 and a little bit of Kingdom Hearts 2. I have not finished either of them. <laughs> I enjoyed them. I just... Kingdom Hearts 1 was around the time of me falling in love with Final Fantasy X. Mm-hmm. So, my heart went a different place. I'll get back there. That's okay. So, if I jack up the names, I'm sorry, Christina will correct me. <laughs> First theory. Are you ready for it? Yep. Are you sitting? And These are going to be quick, quick and fun. <laughs> quick, quick and fun. Lighthearted. Yeah. To bring you guys back up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. From our emotional dump. <laughs> so, anyways. Nominee? 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 Nominee. Mm-hmm. I got it right the first time. Got it. Not the actual first time. You guys didn't hear that. First theory. Nominee was created by Sora. So, let me tell you what the theory goes into. So, facts behind this. Kyrie should have not been able to produce a nobody mm-hmm. because she is a princess of the heart. Princess of the hearts are supposed to be entirely purr. Purr. <laughs> <laughs> entirely purr. <laughs> Part of our title. Entirely purr. Uh, mental healthness in the entirely purr. <laughs> <clears throat> are said to be entirely pure, so they can't produce heartless or nobodies. Mm. So, the issue is, if that's the case, then how was Nominee created? Because mm-hmm. they're saying she's Kyrie's nobody. Right. Well, Loxton and Noggin's YouTube theory is... That because Sora's heart is fused with Kyrie in his body, mm-hmm. when he created Roxas, the nominee was also created because of the piece of Kyrie's heart that was inside of Sora's. Mm. And that's how it kind of did the loophole of the Princess of the Heart. Okay. That Kingdom Hearts sense. expert over here. What do you think about that theory? I mean, it does make sense because, um, yeah, Roxas was obviously born from Sora's heart and Kyrie. Kyrie's heart is, you know, there is a piece of Kyrie's heart in Sora's heart. So by basically, nominee was nominee was made by proxy. She was made like through Sora, but having to having Kyrie as like the conduit, I guess. Um, I I do like that theory um, because if you if you look at her, if you look at nominee, and you look at Kyrie, they are very similar. Like, they look very mm-hmm. similar. The only difference is the hair and the eye color, but they're, like, the same body shape. They're the same face shape, same eye shape. Even their hairstyle is the same. It's, like, just that simple straight, you know, to, like, collarbone-ish length of uh, cut. <clears throat> but Nominee's blonde and Kyrie's got red hair. They both have blue eyes, but I think Nominee's is, like, a little lighter. Both the same skin tone. Um, they're both... They both almost kind of act the same, too. Um, so, 
I do I do like that theory. Um, it hasn't been proven, but I do like it. So feasible or not feasible? I think feasible. Yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. Got the thumbs up on that one. <laughs> the next one. Zion? Xion. Xion. <laughs> it's hard because it's got an Zion? X. Zion? Uh, nope. Zion. Xion. Xion. <laughs> Darn it. You might as well just write it S-H-I-O-N. Nope. Xion. <laughs> Xion allows Sora and Roxas to be able to be dual Keyblade wielders. Okay. Let's go to that. Yeah, let's go to that. This one comes from Ashley Reed from Gamers Radar Plus. And this is the facts behind it. So, what we've seen is Roxas can't dual wield in 358-2 days. Yes, he cannot. He can't. Mm-mm. He can only gain the ability later, which is after Xion is absorbed by Roxas. Okay. Goes on. Because he does dual wield in Kingdom Hearts yeah. 2, that is true. Going on deeper. Let's grab the Sora and Roxas initially wield their Keyblades in the right hand. Mm-hmm. Xion is left-handed. Mm-hmm. That's true. So when it's absorbed, that's why it gives the Keyblade on the left, allowing them to dual wield. Oh. Now, because Xion resides in Roxas, he gains that ability. Mm-hmm. And because Sora can tap into Roxas, exactly. gets the addition by proxy. Ooh, I like this theory. Feasible, makes, not feasible? Yeah, feasible. It makes sense. Especially, yeah, because Xion... Xion was absorbed by Roxas at the end of 358 slash two days. And then, yeah, since Roxas is a part of Sora, everything that Roxas can do, Sora should be able to do. (laughs) No, yeah, true. He can do better. (laughs) Um, So, yeah. Oh, that's cool. I didn't even notice that. Especially, yeah, because she is left-handed. So I didn't even think about that. When we're speaking of Keyblades, dual wielding, Mm. I just need to take this opportunity to share with you all a story of two Tonys. Oh, no. Have I heard this story before? I don't know. So, <clears throat> two of my friends are cosplayers, mm. both named Tony. Otakon, 2017. Mm. My one friend, Tony, we'll, we'll call him Tony Prime, did not cosplay okay. at that convention. He showed up, surprised us. Tony One, on the other hand, knew he was going to be cosplaying, loves Kingdom Hearts, had the full robe, and... Two Keyblades. Mm. We are outside of Otakon getting some food at a lovely food truck. Not really needed to be mentioned, but I love a good food truck. (laughs) Tony, because it was so hot, was unzipping, Tony One, was unzipping his robe to, you know, get, get some air circulating inside of it. Asked Tony Prime to hold his two Keyblades. A kid comes up. I say preteen comes up. To Tony Prime. So excited. Saying, can I take a picture with you with your Keyblades, please, please? Takes the picture with Tony Prime. (laughs) Tony One, mind you, had the full robe on. (laughs) No picture. (laughs) Hilarious moment. So you are welcome for that tale of the Tony Two Blades. I will say the Keyblades are so cool. Like the robes are just simple robes. They're just simple I really love the Keyblades. Oh, yeah. That's the conceptual idea behind a lot of the characters that are in there and that i think is anything with square onyx i'm sorry but their character designs in square onyx doing a good job square enix square enix onyx is a pokemon (laughs) i've always pronounced it square onyx (laughs) y'all know what i'm saying you're doing it okay you're doing it so 
Third fear. Third theory. Mm-hmm. We've only got one more after this. We. That box that you see with the heart on it. Mm-hmm. That box contains the heart of the masters of masters. Okay. Here's why. Let's let's get it. This one comes from YouTuber Weeb Hut Junior. Which first of all, we I love Jr. that name. Loving it. <laughs> So, here's some things that they noticed about the box to support this theory. Mm-hmm. The box says X Super. Sides of the box each have keyholes. These represent, um, all represent the foretellers who have names derived from the Latin Seven Deadly Sins. There are only six foretellers named, and the Master of Masters includes himself in the rank of foretellers. Mm-hmm. The only Latin word left to derive would be Superbia, which would be pride. Okay. Master of Masters disappears with Luxu? Lushu. Lushu. Mm-hmm. Friend of Mushu, which would suggest his heart is in the box. His keyblade makes it to the hand of Xehanort? Xehanort. Xehanort? <laughs> we should just give me a bunch of names that I have to pronounce. It'll be great. I think it'd be really Xenosaga? funny. Just give me a bunch of Xenosaga titles. Perfect. <gasps> no, that's the mouse for that computer. <laughs> Make sure you didn't stop it just now. I didn't. We're still recording. (laughs) Over two hours. His keyblade makes it to the hands of Xenohart. Xenohart? Xanort. Xanort. (laughs) Oh my god, I get it. It's possible he also received his heart. So we're going to say why the Master of Masters' heart is in the box. Mm -hmm. What are you thinking? Feasible, not feasible. um, This is interesting because the... So they dove dove into the story of the foretellers... And the story of um, the Master of Masters, not really the story of Master of Masters, I, I still walked away from that feeling like I don't know anything, but it was, a, it was a small game called Union X Cross, or Cross X Union, something like that. And it dove into the foretellers, who are um, Ased, Ava, Gula, Envy, and Ira, which I did not realize were derived from the Latin names for the Seven Deadly Sins. That's wild. Um, Agula Amblegata. <laughs> that was... <laughs> That was beautiful. <laughs> I'll be here all week. You will. You live here. <laughs> Just don't. I thought you were looking at a bug. Um, I was like, Maria, please. That's not the face for my bug. My bug face this. It's <laughs> <laughs> my bug face. Um, Clearly, you don't know me. So the... Uh, Names, Len. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The foretellers. So, yeah. So that's five. And then... Um, Lushu, obviously, is the sixth one. And then, like I said, like you said, the seventh name, you know, they don't say it. But the Master of Masters, at the end of Union X Cross, he... Well, it it really technically happens in the beginning because you see him in, like, flashbacks talking to each of these five members about a plan that... Or a part of a plan that they are responsible for um, enacting and they're responsible for taking care of. And then he just kind of, like, disappears. And he doesn't tell anybody where he's going. He doesn't tell anybody what, he, you know, what he's doing. And then at the end of Kingdom Hearts 3, that special scene with Lushu, he re-summons the, the five people again, except this time there's only four. The other one, I believe it's Ava, she um, doesn't show up. Avant-garde. Ava, huh? Avant-garde. 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 Yeah. <laughs> um, Ava doesn't show up. Um, and Lushu seems to know why, but he doesn't, like, say 100%, like, why she doesn't show up. But he seems to know why. And then they keep asking, like, why did you summon us here? Why did you summon us here? And he's got this box, which, not, like, all of them don't really seem to, like, react to. But now I'm thinking if he does have 
the master of master's heart in the box it would make sense for him to summon those people because they all spoke to the master of masters before he left so the way he got his heart in the box i can't speak to like whether or not that's feasible or not because union x cross i kind of like just watched the cutscenes for yeah i don't really think this one goes into why it's in the box just yeah. that it is in the box i think it's feasible and i like that they broke down that superbia meaning pride which would be the only seven deadly sins that's missing mm-hmm. and the box saying ex super yeah ex superbia ex superbia it seems to make sense it's a really good observation i will give it that i love i love y'all for being able to take these screenshots and make these detailed theories because i love a good easter egg oh heck yeah I can't, I can't even, like, I also love a good Easter egg hunt. Like, a real Easter egg hunt. Easter's almost coming up. Nobody invites me on egg hunts anymore. Me neither. If you guys want to make an international egg hunt, um. We'll come. We'll come. It'll be fun. It'll be fun. It'll be great. All right, hit me with the last theory. Ready for it? Yep. Ready for it? Yep. Ready for it? I kind of think this one's a cop-out. Yeah? I feel like every theory has this as a backup. Because they believe deep down that every creator is just going to cop out. Aw. Kingdom Hearts is all in Sora's head. Aw. Here's why. Hmm. Okay. So this one came from YouTuber HMK, which, how the heck did you get that handle, first of all? So, he suggests that it's, I'm sorry, they suggest that um, everything's coming out of a troubled Sora. And that he escaped his reality from the Final Fantasy world. So that he's actually part of that actual world that we see going on in the games. Mm-hmm. And that he's merged it with Disney imagination. So this would kind of explain why the two are mashed up to to begin with. And how they kind of belong together. Mm-hmm. And Sora spends all this time in his room with Disney toys and Final Fantasy toys. So that would be kind of like where they kind of gathered this theory, going back to seeing him in that world and how he created his head. And um, he doesn't have friends in the real world, so that's why he's kind of got this storyline going on between Heartless and Nobodies mm-hmm. and the Shadow People and him being the hero of the story, in a sense. Okay. Um, I hate cop-outs, so a part of me... You know, a part of me wants to look at this and be like, oh, that's, like, feasible. But they kind of did the same thing with Harry Potter, where before Harry Potter ended, everybody thought that, like, oh, the ending was going to be Harry waking up in the cupboard. And all of it was going to be... No, I never thought that either. I was like, it all... And for the same reason, I don't think this one's true, because you play this game and it all feels just so incredibly impactful and so real that, like, I don't know how Sora could have made up... The betrayals, the backstabbing, all of the villains, like, all the plans, this and that. Granted, the entire scheme of Kingdom Hearts does sound so far-fetched when you put it into perspective. Like, it's a giant kingdom of hearts in the sky. And you have to have a key to unlock it. And, like, it does sound a little far-fetched when you throw all those aspects in it. But I just think that it is so convoluted. I just don't know how a child could have made that all up. (laughs) Yeah, I mean... I think it really goes back to, so one of my favorite theories, is, not theories, but um, philosophers, mm-hmm. uh, right now Descartes. Okay. Um, favorite say, famous saying mm-hmm. is, um, cognito ergo sum, I think therefore I am. Okay. Cool. Which it's one of the philosophers, one of the theories that it's 
prevalent in a lot of philosophies is that I only exist because I can think. Like, I'm, you could literally be a brain in a jar, mm-hmm. and you wouldn't know you're a brain in a jar because of your imagination around it. Oh. Pains felt in the brain. You imagine things in the brain. Now, that being said, I think because that cogno ergo sum is one of the biggest theories. We had Matrix when we were growing up, which was a big, huge hit on, you know, are we just a simulation? Are there things going in the Matrix? I think that's why everybody falls back on this theory. Yeah. Because you can really make it anything. Mm-hmm. You can anything say anything. Yeah. Game of Thrones. It could, could all be... Bran when he fell off the building. Mm-hmm. That could all be in his imagination. So, I just don't think... I just... No. I'm gonna... Not I'm, feasible. I don't even play the games when I'm saying not feasible. Yeah. That one I, scene in the beginning of Kingdom Hearts 1, when they see, like, him outside when yeah. he's the original family, <clears throat> maybe could give a little bit, but I don't think that... They don't really ever go back to that at no. all, do they? No. Mm-mm. So That's gonna be a no from me. Nope. Big ol' no. I love yeah. Kingdom Hearts too much to believe that it's all just, like, a figment of Sora's imagination. That's yeah. so sad. <laughs> but, like, that's what I think, too, is I think it just gives... It would be such a cop-out, but mm-hmm. it would... I'm pretty sure when they end the Kingdom Hearts saga, if that's what you were to find out, you would probably throw a table. I'd be so mad, because I'd be like, they I They deserve these. more than that. Those characters are too good to just be figments of Sora's imagination. Yeah. Like, too... Too no. so good. Too good. Deserve better. So, if you have, you know, a belief about Kingdom Hearts theory or you have a fun conspiracy that we didn't talk about, feel free to write us in at girls.get.nerdy19 at gmail. Or if you have anything fun, um, or again, if you have anything going back to the mental health aspect of it Mm -hmm. that you want to just reach out to us or get some advice on, always feel free to reach us out to our mailbox. We both have it on our phone, so you will be able to talk to us directly. Mm Mm-hmm. But um, thanks for coming in. We love having you guys here. Um, we hope that you guys, you know, feel free to write us in with more conspiracies that we can look into. I love getting some helping hands, finding new yes. things to talk about. But yeah, check us out. We are also on Instagram at girls underscore get underscore nerdy. Mm-hmm. As well <laughs> as you can find us on our own personal pages. Mine is underscore M-A-H-R-E-E-A-H-H underscore Mine is K-I-S-S-Y-S-E-N-S-E-I. Yeah, so tune in every Sunday around Mm -hmm. midnight Eastern time. Stay around (laughs) because uh, last week's episode delayed because of malfunctions. We can't foresee that. (laughs) Human error. Two errors, human. But it was more the computer. But anyway, I digress. Two errors, not human. (laughs) Zero, one, nine, nine. What? binary code but that's zero one zero it is yeah i'm just gonna straight up delete that anyways thanks for tuning in if you like us please share us and please feel free to leave us an itunes review on apple Podcasts. it's super important so that way we can make sure we reach more people and get our word out there and we will post the people that we talked about on our instagram as well as show you our double azawa almost like a double entendre yeah get it (laughs) All right, guys. Thanks again. Bye. Bye. This is this mouth. (laughs) Bye-bye.